again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Rear, and Mick Lowe's joins me. Um, good to see you, Mick. How are you doing? And you? Very, very good. Very good. Very good. Looking forward to um, um, a Wembley weekend with uh, my uh, two of my first teams. Two of my first teams. Mansfield as a six and seven year old. My dad first took me to Field Mill. Um, so I know Mansfield, I know Field Mill. And then, of course, Forest as a, as a kid when we moved here to Nottingham when I was, what, 10 years of age. Um, I really, I really spent more time with the non-pluff brigade rather than the the, the glory days of of European cups because I was then away to to London being a student. But they're they're two they're two uh, football clubs close to me. And Mansfield Town play Port Vale this eve uh, this afternoon, and of course Forest play Huddersfield. Um, and let's see if they can't get back in the Premier League for the first time in twenty three years. So it's another example of. You know, we always think, oh, woe is us at St. James's. But you've got a massive football club called Nottingham Forest who've done nothing, nothing in the Premier League for 23 years. It's massive here at the minute, as you can imagine. And the Champions League final tonight, of course. Can Liverpool go one better than they did a few years back against Real Madrid and uh, hit the magic seven number? Well, I I agree with what you say. um, But I have to say... um, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of real term football and in terms of, you know, as I say, my heart and what's close to me, uh, Mansfield Town and Nottingham Forest mean an awful lot more to me. And Mansfield Town, full stop, mean more to me than Real Madrid and Liverpool. I'll spend more time watching the Stags at, at Wembley this afternoon than I will watching the Reds and Real Madrid in Paris tonight. It, that's what makes more, that's what makes me tick a little bit more. Uh, than the Champions League final with the Alicadoos and £18 million a ticket, etc, etc. Always plenty to talk about. Don't forget, guys, in the chat, this is your chance uh, to ask Mick some questions and uh, get his views on uh, Newcastle United and what's happened in the last seven days. And plenty has happened. Now, Subby, we'll start with you, mate. You're in early. Uh, could yeah. Dan Ashworth tempt any of the Brighton squad to join Newcastle? If so, who would you like? I would like Lamptey for his pace and Basuma. Um, Stu Penman broke the story on Wednesday night before anybody mm. else that Dan Ashworth was in Newcastle and that the deal was being done uh, over the next few days and he should be announced next week. So that was an exclusive for NUFC Matters. Um, does look very much so now that it is going to happen. Uh, obviously, the media's now picked up on it and terms have been agreed with Brighton. So it's it's great, I think, personally, because although I love Amanda, Mia Dad, Jamie Rubin, PIF, you know, to bits, great to have them on board. Um, yeah. You know, they haven't got the experience Absolutely. in football. They did a fantastic job in January with the help of Steve Nixon and his staff. But we mm. need professionals in who know what they're doing and who've got experience and got a good mm. track record. Dan Ashworth is the first piece in that jigsaw to come in. Um, will, he, will he target Brighton, Mick? Well, for starters, if, if you've heard me once, you've heard me a hundred times on this for the last six months. Um, we need proper, proper football people in the building um, and as you say the PR and the communication and the and the new ownership have been fantastic but we needed Dan Ashworth and it, it was boring me it was boring me uh, all I hear is gardening loan gardening work gardening this gardening that get it sorted get it sorted give Eddie Howe some help 
give Steve Nixon some help, sort us out during the during the transfer window in January, which we did very well with, but we could have we could have done with a bit more help. Talk about the training ground. You know, uh, Ashworth isn't just about signing players. Ashworth isn't just about somebody who'll who'll sort of crank the numbers and crunch the numbers um, about this transfer and that transfer. He's a guy who started and, and, and helped with St. George's Park with England, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is a guy who works out the logistics of a football club, works out how a football club works about from top to bottom, not just the footballing side of things. It's been absolutely, it's, it's been driving me mad what we've been doing with this Dan Ashworth situation. It seems patently obvious to me that all that's happened is, you know, Brighton, Dan Ashworth and, and Newcastle have sort of seemingly agreed Let's wait until the end of the season. Let's wait until Brighton have finished and Brighton have actually finished two places higher than Newcastle, which again is interesting for those people who think that Dan Ashworth and Brighton, that's not a big enough, that's not sexy enough. Dan Ashworth's done an incredible job, an incredible job at Brighton and Hove Albion. Look at their stadium, look at their training ground, look at the way that they've developed as a football team. You know, they are ninth in the Premier League, Brighton and Hove Albion. And a lot, of, a lot of that is down to Dan Ashworth. So um, I'm just pleased. Um, bottom line is, I'm just pleased, um, Steve. I, I just want him in the building. I want him sorting things out. I want Eddie Howe. But Eddie Howe is absolutely delighted because he can pick up a phone and talk to somebody else in the footballing side of things um, who can help him about this, that and the other, or they can talk about, they can chew over the fat. You know, we need footballing bodies. All we need after this, in t well, not necessarily as well as, but certainly a CEO would be interesting as well if we could get a, a sort of figurehead body, footballing body in the football club. Going back to the point about does Dan Ashworth involve with Brighton and Hove Albion players? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, if you think about the, 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 the summer window and, and the transferring deals that will come and go, there will be so many, so many um, permutations about this, that and the other. Um, now, whether Dan Ashworth is one of those, whether he has uh, a relationship with Brighton and Hove Albion, it wouldn't be a genius to work it out. But at the same time, at the same time, if you're Dan Ashworth and if you're Brighton and Hove Albion, depending upon the sort of contracts that they've agreed and the sort of deals that they've done, the fact that they've held him back on, on, on gardening leave until the end of the season to make sure he can't be involved with Newcastle United, you may well find that there's a subcontract in the, in, in the deal saying, I'm sorry, you cannot take a Brighton and Hove Albion player to St. James's Park with you. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know the, 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 the fine line and the finer items of the contract between Brighton and Hove Albion, Newcastle United and Dan Ashworth. So let's wait and see if there is a Brighton um, deal or a Brighton player on his way to the to the northeast of England. Either way, the most important thing is Dan Ashworth sooner rather than later. And again, fingers crossed because this has been this has been talked about every every other week or every other month for the last six months. Let's hope it's done. Let's hope he can. Let, we'll, we'll see him um, in situ at St James's or at uh, Long Benton. Uh, either way, it'll be good work. Yeah, and um, the one good thing to come out of it is he's got a lovely garden now, Mick. 
Yeah, I bet it looks. I bet it looks a peach. I bet it looks a peach. I bet. I bet. I, I bet. I bet you. When you watch Wembley Stadium this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon, I bet Wembley doesn't look like Dan Ashworth's garden. Honestly, I bet it. I bet. I bet it looks like a. I bet it looks like a bowling alley. He may leave us and just concentrate on the Chelsea flowers. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Well, now he might get the gardener's job at St James's. <laughs> Greenkeeper. Yeah. Classic. Uh, Tom Dixon, yes, you are right, Tom. Uh, Newcastle United have announced not one, but two home friendlies. Uh, Newcastle will host uh, the Italians at Atlanta on Friday, July the 29th, 7.45 kickoff. And then Spaniards Atletico Bilbao on Saturday, July the 30th. Uh, kickoff for that one is to be confirmed. Of course, this will be the first time uh, that Newcastle have met uh, Bergamo-based Atlanta at senior level. Uh, they yeah, I remember them. They finished Serie A, uh, finished eighth in Serie A, uh, and uh, obviously Bilbao, uh, a familiar visitors to St James's Park. They came in the UEFA Cup back in 1994, and then came back for Rob Lee's testimonial mm. seven years later. They finished um, eighth in the Liga last season. So, two good pre-season games announced at home, and. Stern competition, Mick, and also um, a good opportunity for people to get into the ground. And I, I'm going to put some money on this now and say that I reckon <laughs> that I reckon both of those friendlies will be sold out. Absolutely, not a shadow of a doubt. Not a shadow of a doubt. Um, um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, it's good news as well. Is that you know, remember a week ago we talked about the demise of the four-team tournament in America, and I talked about how upset. Uh, Eddie Howe will have been that his plans and uh, and everything he's looking at forward going um, with pre-season, you know, it's been it's been absolutely dismayed by the, the news that, that they can't go to Ohio. So, you know, at least they've moved quickly um, and they've, you know, they've certainly put in place another couple of uh, pre-season friendlies at St. James's. If you remember, once upon a time, we only ever had the one. Uh, it was always it was always away pre-season until the until the penultimate uh, weekend of the um, of the season um, when of course there'd be a invariably a, a European uh, opponent at St James's. Now that that as you've said it there in a roundabout way, Steve, that might be a, an interesting thought that not only one but two pre-season friendlies at St James's Park. A financially that makes sense, but B it allows more people the chance to see St. James's Park. Because once upon a time, I mean, they were never full, the pre-season friendlies um, against the likes of PSVA over the years. Gladback, I think, played one year, Frankfurt, whoever. Um, and it was always about 30,000 or thereabouts. As you say, not only one, but possibly two, you could have 52,000 wa uh, watching pre-season. And of course, the other thing of well is, that you know you've got a chance to see at the new signings, see who who they may or may not have, uh, have picked up over the last three months. So it's exciting times. It's ex it's it's all part of exciting times. You know what you know. They what I remember once upon a time you you you'd think okay who are they playing pre-season or oh, at York, uh, Bournemouth, Bristol City, uh, and then they play Antwerp final uh, weekend of of the pre-season. Now all of a sudden you're looking to see who they're playing, when they're playing. Who might be there? Who might not be there? Exciting times. Yeah, exciting times. John Askew, good morning, mate. He says, greetings, everyone. Uh, is there too much European club football and international football? Two new tournaments seem to have sprung up from nowhere. Do most fans not just prefer the normal domestic leagues? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, particularly the Europa League come Europa Conference or whatever it calls it. Um, and then, of course, you've, you've got the Champions League, which, as you said earlier there about, oh, are you excited for, for Liverpool against uh, Real Madrid? Uh, I, I, you know, I've got to say, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'd rather watch Mansfield Town against Port Vale and Forest against Huddersfield next weekend. That's more exciting for me. And that feels more like real, real time football. I mean, the problem with the Champions League, without wanting to go off on a, on a tangent, is that it isn't the champions anymore. It's it's the four-team tournament of one country against the four-team tournament of a second team. You know, again, going back to the Forest situation. I mean, Nottingham Forest won back-to-back -back European Cups in 78-79 when they were our only um, team in, 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 in the first division, as it was at the time. So, you know, once upon a time, it was the European Cup. It was the Champions Cup. And as you say, it's been diluted, 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 diluted. They're still doing it. That's why they're still persisting. And they will continue to persist at a European League sooner rather than later. Then again, what I would also say as well, Steve, is I can think about the number of times, amazingly, how many European trips we had with Newcastle United when we were either in the Intertoto or we were runners-up at Wembley with a, with a, with a treble winner or uh, runners-up at Wembley after a double winner uh, in Arsenal. Um, we had a fair play winner. We had a this winner. We had a we had all all manner of means of getting into Europe, and, and it was fantastic, and it was very very fortuitous. Um, but it was more. It seemed more exciting back then. Now, as you say, it it just leaves me a bit cold. European football. It it as we say always, it, it's a small world. Um, and on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, you're as likely to be playing in Italy, Spain, Greece, and Germany as you are in in, in Bristol. London, Liverpool, or, or Manchester—it's it, it just leaves me cold. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question, that John. Um, I mean, be honest, I, I I don't even watch any of this other. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's and it's all on it's all on satellite. It's all on one of two or three satellites. So, how much money can you watch? How much money can you pay for? It's it's mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. It is. It is. It's getting too much. Uh, John also asks: Kieran Trippier has past thirty. Should he retire from international duty? John, you're just in, you're just worried about him getting injured. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Is I mean, look, if you're good enough, Mick, you're going to get yeah. picked. Absolutely. And the, the other thing I would say is as well, I'll go back to what the conversation I had with us on whatever it was. Was it January? Um, um, and we talked, I think it was with the lads, the, the five amigos, the three amigos, the four amigos, however many amigos there were that night. Um, and we talked about Trippier and I said, I, I'd put my neck now that he, he might end up being skipper. Now, if he if he is going to be skipper or if he is potentially captain next year, then again, you would rather he wasn't involved with England quite as much either. So if we're going to be if we're going to be a bit sort of pushy our ways, um, we'd rather want him concerned and, and just concentrating on, on a being a, a Newcastle United player, but b more importantly, being a, a Newcastle United captain, Skipper, I'm, I'm completely guessing at this. I mean, Eddie Howe may have completely his own plans. But I have to say, when I when I thought about it yesterday, Steve, um, I don't know if we're going to talk about it today, but we're talking, you know, I, I made a list yesterday, or, or sorry, last week, about how many I thought would stay, how many would be question marks, how many would definitely go. And I would put in my mind of players who would definitely leave the football club Jamal Lascelles. So obviously there is a vacancy there for captaincy. And then I thought to myself, who is going to be skipper next year? And I could only really, really come up with two, 
two guarantees unless of course he buys somebody in or he's thinking about somebody else and the two i would immediately come to mind is callum wilson and kieran trippier so so trippier playing for england you know the, the caller talking about you know are we should we be selfish and and, and should he should he rule out of any uh, england captain any uh, england caps i don't think so i think that's unfair i think the lad wants to play for england but at the same time if he was captain of, of of Newcastle as well, then he's got that um, to, 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 coy, uh, to to toy with, uh, as well as being uh, Newcastle's right back on a regular basis for uh, for St James's Park. Yeah. Okay. Good question, John. Uh, Chippers says, uh, "Great to see our non-playing staff members getting a pay rise from Amanda and Co. Little things like that show that they care about anyone associated with Newcastle." unlike the previous owner. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember that bizarre season, Chip, as when um, I think everybody's bonus was tied to Newcastle, finishing right. in the top 10. And I think we were 3-0 we up, Mick, and we ended up drawing 3-3 at home. West Bromwich Albion. Yeah, and we finished 12th, didn't we? Yeah. Do you remember who scored the, do you remember who scored the equaliser? Go on. No, no, bet, you, I'll, you've got me I'll, there. Th th this, is, this is a great question. It was a guy called, and I'll try and get this right, God bless him, it's something like Simon Choi, or t he was a, he was an absolute one-hit wonder, uh, and he was the first player to score a hat trick for West Bromwich Albion um, since Tony Brown, I think, or someone like that. And it's something like Torman Choi, or it's, it's a strange surname. Yeah. I can't I can't remember which country he was from, but he got a hat trick that day, three three, and he completely scuppered the whole bonus situation. And that was it. And it, was, it wasn't just the players. It was the staff, the tea lady. Everybody was on the same yeah. bonus. I mean, that was just yeah. typical, typical yeah. of Mike Ashley. He must have been yeah. sitting in these, in these chairman's suite that day laughing his head off. Um, <laughs> with, unbelievable. With his, with his West Bromwich Albion scarf on. With his West Bromwich Albion scarf on, which he bought from his own shop. <laughs> yeah, Alan exactly. Little, uh, I'm so sorry to hear that, mate. Honestly, Pet Shop Boys last night, um, if you're of a certain vintage like me, it was a great show. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. It was the best. It was the greatest hits. And Neil Tennant tied it together. Good Geordie lad, tied it together with um, a little bit of narrative in between about what the songs were were written about. I'll, I'll, I'll drop one in. I don't want to spoil the show for anybody who's going to go and see it. But the Domino Dancing one really was good. He says him and Chris uh, used to go on holiday uh, quite regularly in the early days, in the 80s. And they went away with a guy um, to the Dominican Republic. And there wasn't much to do um, on a night time. So before they went out and explored, they would go and play dominoes in the in the hotel bar. And this guy that they went with was very good at dominoes to the fact where he would beat Chris, then he would beat Neil Tennant. And then he would go, stand up and go and do a little dance in the corner. And he says, that's where they wrote domino dancing from. So there's a good, <laughs> there's a good pub quiz question for anybody. Uh, but ah, fantastic! Eight and a half thousand people there last night. Absolutely brilliant. And, and uh, you can follow... and you and, and you can remember from uh, early uh, Newcastle football fans, domino dancing used to, when I first went to the BBC at Newcastle. Domino dancing used to be their theme bed to their sports show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, get, I wouldn't be doing a credit if I didn't say well done to Sam Fender as well. A uh, big thank you to Phil Bieber who invited me along to the City Hall this week to go and see Sam Fender play at a small, intimate gig at the City Hall. Christ, I remember when the City Hall was classified as the big gig, but um, he loved it, um, and he gave all of his money, every single penny, to Northeast Homeless Charity, one hundred and thirty-two thousand pound raised from tickets, and he gave it all on stage in a check uh, to the guys from Northeast Homeless, and that is one of the few charities 
in not only in the UK, um, in the northeast, but in the UK as well, that nobody takes a penny. It's voluntary. What a, yeah. And it was what fantastic. A, what a what a kid he is. What an absolute belter. My uh, my my sister's um, um, daughter, my uh, my niece, had a terrible time during COVID. Um, and my sister said he's she's having a terrible time. And I phoned Alan Shearer and I said, you couldn't get me a little message from Sam Fender. Sam Fender, within 10 minutes, sent this little message to, to my sister's little girl saying, I hope you're OK. hope you're OK. You know, hope you're not feeling well. Blah, blah, blah. Merry Christmas. Blah, blah, blah. Fantastic. Absolutely priceless. Yeah, that's brilliant. Great stuff. He is, he is a top lad. John Askew, um, he's flying with the questions this morning. He says, would you be happy if Sunderland were promoted again next season? For me, there's nothing like the atmosphere of Derby Day. And after our takeover, the chances of defeat are slim. Um, form goes out the window uh, in Derby's, John. Um, look, I personally um, was quite happy to see Sunderland get promoted. It didn't bother me in the slightest. I'm one of these people who enjoys the Derbies just like you do. And, um, you know, I just think that Sunderland really need to concentrate on trying to stay in the championship next season. Promotion will be if new if Sunderland get promoted next season, yeah. um, that will be the greatest resurrection. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> since the well, since the Mary Rose got raised from the seabed, I, I genuinely do not know how they would do it. They haven't got the money, but they would, but, they would but, need but, a massive takeover. But would you mind them doing it? Would no, you I have certainly a problem? Wouldn't. I would. I would Absolutely. love to see. I would love to see Newcastle, Sunderland, and Middlesbrough in the Premier League. But Newcastle being the top dogs season Absolutely. after season after season. Yeah, which is exactly what we said a week ago when we said, yes, feel free, feel free, win at Wembley next weekend. And they did, you know, as far as I'm concerned, next week, next uh, season in the, in the championship, feel free, feel free. But once you're in the Premier League and once we're in the Premier League, just make sure you're feeling two, three, four uh, places below us. Uh, and in the two derbies, we'll beat them home and away. I haven't got a problem otherwise. I mean, as much as little things like, you know, I mean, I used to joke about where are we going with Marco Polo this weekend when we'd get the kit and we'd go to London for a game, an away game, or we'd go to Bristol or we'd go to Plymouth, I remember, in the championship one year. You know, at least once a week, or sorry, once a season, you can make a 15-mile journey down the road and get in, get in, get in bed until 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, it just makes logistic sense as well. At least we've got somebody close to us round the corner. But the derbies are the key to it. You want to play the derby again. You definitely want to play it. It's the best fixture you see. It's the best fixture you come across. So no problem whatsoever them getting uh, promoted again. But then, as you say, let's just draw the line then. Yeah, let's you know, let's just see them get back up there first, and then we will see where we we'll go from there. Tom Dixon, morning. He says, "I'd like to see us get Sven Botman uh, in with Diego Carlos going to Aston Villa." Um, yeah, look, uh, you know, a lot of people online this week discussing the fact that you know uh, Diego Carlos went there. You know, the money that he's allegedly on, who knows whether it's true or not. You know, paper talk behind. You know that he's getting you know vast amounts of money. But look, Newcastle's transfer list. Will, will be a little bit different, I think, to what it was in January. Yeah. We were going for players who we needed to stay up. Um, you know, maybe, in fact, definitely, I would say, there would have been an air of desperation because it's huge financial implications if Newcastle had gone down. Um, they did what they had to do. And maybe one or two of those players that they brought in, you know, were brought in on a short-term basis as opposed to a long-term basis. But, 
the names that they will have for the, the summer transfer and the subsequent winter transfer will be completely different, Mick. And I don't think Carlos going to Aston Villa is a great loss. But Botman does seem as if there's legs in that deal, at least. Mm. Absolutely. 100%. The, the January transfer window was predominantly about three things. It was about staying up. It was about signing players who were proper players. And it was talking about signing players who were hardworking players. And that's exactly what we did. We got five proper players. We, we ended up with one nugget of a bonus from Bruno. But the rest of them were steady, eddy, established, established. Trippy is better than that. But for Target, for uh, Dan Byrne and for Chris Wood, it's about tried and tested Premier League players, hard-working players, disciplined players. It's about grinding it through and getting through to May and making sure we survive. And we did that handsomely, handsomely, you know, did did so, so well. But this is a different ball game now. This is about quality. This is about different types of players. This is about also as well younger players, by the way, because, you know, you're not talking about established. You're not talking about seasoned players who uh, who know the Premier League. Now, you, now you're gambling a little bit. Now you're talking about younger players. Who, who want to try the next stage of their careers at the Premier League. So it will be a completely um, different ball game altogether. And what's interestingly as well, I think I made the point a while back because I was very annoyed to a degree that we didn't get a, a top line of centre-half. And I did think, and I think I said at the time, I've got an opinion that at least one of them, at least one of them, Maybe not prepared in January to jump ship because they weren't sure what Newcastle were going to end up playing the following season. And a lot of that happens. You know, a lot of that, they will have gone to players in January, Newcastle, and the two, at least two or three, four or five of them will say, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared at this minute in time to guarantee that I'm up, up sticks to the, to the northeast, and in five months' time, we're back in the championship and I've and, and I've got to go somewhere else. So there will be at least, I'm sure, three or four names who were put on a pencil, put on a on, on a question mark, and who also prepared to say, if you're back in May and June and you have and, and you look like you're improving, you look like you're back in the Premier League, then come back to me. Then come back to me. And I think Botman might just be one of those. And I think he might not be the only one who had some sort of, not a pre-contract, but certainly an arrangement that there was another look at them in June, July, ahead of next uh, ahead of next season. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, look, it's, it, the transfer window is going to be exciting now. And like I keep saying, we've got hope. That's all we wanted, a bit of hope. Yeah. Um, Peter, morning. Uh, he says, good morning, chaps. What would represent morning. a successful summer window in Mick's eyes? Just to improve, just to improve. I, I, I thought of a, an interesting analogy, um, which is a sort of, um, it's a bit airy-fairy, but at the same time, it makes an awful lot of sense and it's relevant to Newcastle United. Um, Eddie Howe has had a fantastic season, right? And, and, and a fantastic end of season. So we finished with 11 in the in the in at the, at the in the table eleventh in the table, with forty nine points from thirty eight games. How we did it, I don't know. Thirty nine of those forty nine in the last twenty of the season. But either way, we've done very very well. But at the end of the day, we've ended up one place higher than Steve Bruce, 
who got 45 points last season, right? But we've improved. We've improved. And Steve Bruce uh, will look at it and think, OK, maybe they did this. Maybe they did that. He made one or two comments during the during the week. But that's his that's his that's his prerogative. But Eddie Howe will be delighted that not only did they survive, that he finished in a higher position than Steve Bruce, the previous manager. And I'll tell you why, because the exact same happened in 1999 when Rude Hullett was sacked by Newcastle. Bobby Robson came into the club, right? Bobby Robson, in his first season, 99-2000, he finished 11th in the season with 52 points. That was two places more than Rude Hullett, who got 46 points. Now, Rude Hullett wasn't the most popular in the world. Rude Hullett wasn't the most popular in the dressing room in the world. So Bobby was happy. The players were happy. I remember Bobby saying, where did he finish last season? He finished 13th. You finished 11th, Bobby. Delighted, delighted. But what did Bobby do the following season? He also finished 11th with a play with a with a with a point less. So Bobby Robson, having turned the entire football round, getting the eight goal against Sheffield Wednesday, Shearer got five. Everybody's doing in the same way that they were doing this season with with Steve uh, with their Eddie Howe, thinking this is great. You know, we're back in the good times. Bobby had to finish 11th, but that's fine. You know, Eddie Howe has finished 11th. That's fine. But everybody thought, oh, Bobby will kick on again next season, as we think Eddie Howe will kick in this season. So Bobby went with a point less the following season and finished the same again, 11th. It takes time. That's the point I'm making, Steve. It takes time. Bobby, the following season, the 2004, uh, 2001, 2002 season, 71 points fourth Champions League. Then it kicked in. So it kicked in after two seasons. So don't worry too much about what are we going to do in the summer? What are we going to do next season? Will we be in Europe? Will we? The number one priority is to establish, is to establish. If we can tweak a couple, if we can get a couple. But what's also indicated, what's, what's also, I don't think people have probably Probably they haven't really grasped this totally. If you think about it, Steve, 25 points, tw uh, 25 players in the squad. There's three, there's three already decided, right? Three already decided because they've all signed contracts already. And those three are Paul Dummett, Fabian Shah, and Sean Longstaff. Now, is that the sort of you know, although is that an indication of where we're going? No, that's telling us that Eddie Howe is steady Eddie. Uh, yes, there will be one or two probably more flamboy uh, flamboyant signings during the summer, but he's already put in the put in the, the grassroots in there that Shah, that Longstaff and Dummett are already signed and already ready for next season. And that isn't exactly what a lot of people want to hear but that's the difference we've got to continue establishing what we've done yeah good point uh well made a uh, big thank you as always to our sponsors uh first up uh spider miner worldwide coverage from gareth nathan and the lads the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies all at the same time whilst using virtually no energy and it's vpn protected buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn Org. Thanks also to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 45 25 3. 
Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 01913897245. And to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thghd.com. Thanks also to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to Kleekai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clearun device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearun.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video work. If you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Hit the bell as well uh, for you to get notifications of all videos. It uh, sends a, a message to your device. It's free to do, very important. Hit the bell, and you will uh, be able to get notified when we go live. I know a lot of people miss that, and then play catch up so if you hit the bell that's the way to do it hit the thumb up to like the video which helps us a lot click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments to speak to like-minded newcastle fans or to leave a question for me and mick we're also available as a podcast on itunes spotify podbean and the rest and uh, that usually goes up 24 hours after the youtube show if you want to become a member click join and uh, it is easy to do via youtube or uh, you can put your qr code over uh, put your phone over this QR code and it takes you straight to the website, nufcmatters.com. And don't forget, if you become a member over the next three weeks, you go into the prize draw uh, to win either a season ticket or the, the money, the cash equivalent. Now, John from QTech um, is working on getting a platinum club season ticket for this season. Um, if he doesn't manage to get it in the next three weeks, uh, it'll be a thousand pound cash prize. Um, so that is well worth joining up to be a member. And what do you get if you're a member? You get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf. Uh, go to nufcmatters.com to become a member today. We also give away a free car sticker to all subscribers. You just need to email john at nufcmatters.com. And also, the match day book. It's very important during the summer. No games for the food bank to collect. Uh, so go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a virtual donation throughout the summer. Don't forget, though. Our big end-of-season do is taking place at Shearer's Bar. Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin, Friday, uh, 24th of June, Shearer's Bar, 7 o'clock. Uh, tickets are £12. Get yourself along. It's going to be a cracking night. Um, and uh, this is a, a unique opportunity to meet one of Newcastle's legends at Shearer's Bar at St. James's Park. Uh, get yourself along. Tickets £12 or £15. NUFCmatters.com. Buy yours today. And don't forget, you can still get your tickets for the raffle uh, for the Shearer Bowl, £2.99. Again, at the website, NUFCmatters.com. Uh, okay, back to your questions. And uh, quite a few coming in. And this one. It, from... it, can, can I just say, on a, yeah, on, just on, a, on, on a little bit of an aside, Having talked there about the the, the, the the comparison between how Eddie Howe is trying to turn it round against Steve Bruce, the way that Sir Bobby turned it round with Rude Hullet, but the way that uh, Sir Bobby had to develop um, the squad completely differently, that he went 11th, then he had to go 11th again, then he went 4th, then he went 3rd. Andy Griffin was right in amongst that. Andy Griffin knows all about Sir Bobby, Champions League, etc., etc. Be interesting to see what he's got to say about what managers do and what managers don't do in terms of in terms of squads um, and how Sir Bobby got his head around 
the the Ruud Hullet, Dalglish, Keegan, you know, regimes before that to see uh, how it develops. Yeah, going to be a fascinating night and uh, good, always good opportunity to catch up with everybody uh, from um, the NUFC Matters community as well. Uh, Gar, uh, Goalie, 7890, love the show, make it Steve. How do you think Dan Ashworth will improve the youth setup and women's team at the club? I'd love to see more homegrown prospects. Well, as I said before, you know, it, it, you know everybody's jumping up and down about, oh, well, you know, Dan Ashworth and, and the transfer window. It's so much more than that. You know, I talked about the logistics. I talked about the, um, you know, the, the, the training room, the training, um, the training uh, ground, um, this facility, that facility. You know, if you look at St. George's Park, if you've ever been to St. George's Park, I mean, yes, it's England, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it should be, you know, the, the best environment that, that footballers um, in this country, you know, should be able to work at. Um, and it is. But then, you know, that is the, our national centre. Um, but that's part and parcel of what Dan Ashworth did. But he also did other things. And he was involved with the women's side of things. The junior side of things, I'm not too sure about. But he will have a finger in every sorts of elements of uh, the football club. There's absolutely no doubt about it. That's why um, they sought him out. That's why, you know, the, the, the ownership said, right, OK, if we're going to do something, we need to do this something properly. And, and to be fair, without wanting to be unfair to, to other other um, managers, other owners, etc., um, you know, nobody has, has had that opportunity um, to work with somebody like that. Yeah, you know, Lee Charnley was there for years um, with, uh, with Mike Ashley. But, but prior to that, we, we didn't really have anybody of that sort and this is all about 21st century this is all about modern day football this is all about the finances this is all about the politics this is all about the logistics this is about diversity this is about all the modern all the modern football all that modern football throws at you and if you look at brighton and hove albion and you look at the way that they've turned it around uh, he has done an astonishing job there and as i said i've, I've already mentioned you know, people people might might you know we think we've done fantastically well. They are two places above us and finished ninth in the Premier League table. And Dan Ashworth is a big part of that. Yes, there's a playing side of things, of course. Yes, you know there are footballers winning games for them, but there was also him along the way as well. Um, so yeah, I think you'll find he will be involved in everything. And as I said earlier, I think Eddie Howe will be absolutely cock-a-hoop that he's got a soulmate in the building um, that he can that he can turn to that, and that he can also Eddie Howe concentrate a little bit more on the footballing coaching side of things because I just got the impression last uh, season he was having to do too much by too many times in too many different ways he can concentrate about the footballing side of things yeah, I would agree. Um, morning, Link. Uh, watching from Perth, Western Australia. Any use on Musa Diaby? Um, not heard anything, Mick, have you? No, but there will be name after name after name after name. You know, it's it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I gave up years and years and years ago. Uh, what was his What was his name? Uh, I, I, there was a one. I don't know. Well, so with Neymar this week. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is pointless. It's pointless. You're better off just thinking that or waiting until the. I mean, a bit like Aston Villa. You know, Aston Villa have just suddenly, you know, plucked one without messing around. I mean, that's what you that's what you want in an ideal world. And I mean, that's what to be fair, that's what we did in, in, in January, to be honest. 
you know, Kieran Trippier, one minute wasn't mentioned, the next minute was there, you know. Uh, interestingly, on the subject of that, by the way, I did a, I did have a quick look the other day where Unai Emre finished in La Liga and he finished seventh in La Liga, um, although he did get to the Champions League semi-final, of course. Um, but, you know, you talk about what comes around, goes around, fate, whatever. You know, if, if Unai Emre, back in November, had decided he wanted to go to Newcastle United, there's a chance that we could have a different manager uh, at this moment in time. And that's what I mean about fate and, and, and decisions that are made, players that will talk about this, talk about that, players who will do deals but won't do deals. You just have to wait and see. Going by the tune, second half finish to the season. Can we get into Europe, says Raymond? Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, without a doubt. I mean, you can forget. You can forget. I mean, it, it, it doesn't take a genius to work it out, um, Steve, that as well as we played and we did phenomenally, phenomenally well in the final 20 of the season, you know, to pick up 39 points from 20 has been astonishing to win 12 games. And if you look at the five we lost, we only lost five. Take out the Everton equation at, at, at Goodison, which wasn't it wasn't a particularly good performance, I have to say. And there was a red card thrown in there as well. We should have we should have made more of that game than we did. As it happens, it didn't really matter. But the other four of the five that we lost are the four. Are the four Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, and Tottenham, the Champions League player. So the only teams that that, that essentially, with the exception of Everton beaters in that final 20 games of the season were the top four and those top four will be the top four next season without a shadow of a doubt will we get into will would we get into europe i think we have i think we have we should have to dream we should have to think that we could get a six or seven but could we get a four can't see it cannot see it cannot see it they are they are certainly the certainly the three certainly liverpool chelsea um, and, uh, and Manchester City are huge. They are absolutely huge. The Tottenham Arsenal floater, maybe, maybe not. But then below that, your Leicesters, your West Ham's, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Why not? Absolutely, why not? But it will, it will depend on how Eddie Howe. And don't forget, it's not just about can we get into Europe? Can we get into the top six or seven, seven or eight? The other question is, can Eddie Howe do it? You know, this isn't this isn't in the slightest bit a sniper, Eddie Howe. I think he's been an absolutely fantastic job, and I, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. But as I mentioned last last uh, weekend, his best ever season in the Premier League was ninth. So this is new ground for him as well. He's going to a bigger football club. He's dealing with bigger players. He's never he's never you know dealt with players at this level at Bournemouth in terms of transfers that he's got to do during the summer. So let's see how Eddie Howe, he may well absolutely blow us apart, and I hope to God he does. But it, there's, there's an awful lot of, let's see, let's see, let's find out. Let's, let's, let's just, let's hope more, you know, absolutely let's hope, but let's also have a bit of thought about whether this is going to happen or whether this isn't going to happen. Yeah, OK. Um, I've not heard of these awards of Blue Rhythm Boys going on about. He says, what's the awards that the Premier League are handing out? Best comeback of the season, went to Spurs for the Leicester game. <laughs> Bernardino got the fastest shot or something. I've never heard of them. It's a load of rubbish, isn't it? Do, do you know what it is? Me, 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 football. Honestly, everybody comes up with some way of being involved. 
you know, is that Blue Ribbon, the chocolate bar that they used to have? Is it? Blue, no, Blue Rhythm. Blue Rhythm. <laughs> oh, Blue Rhythm. Oh, right. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, Im I can't imagine a millionaire footballer who's, who's, who's one corner of the season to get a big box full of Blue Ribbons at, at some presentation do in London. Uh, no, no, it, it, you just, there's just so much rubbish flowing around in football these days. So much. Yeah, 100%. Uh, any news on the Toon shirt sponsors? I, you know, I, I've got to apologise. I think I cut Mitch up on his prime last night. We had to finish the show because I had to get out of the house to go and go to the gig. And I know Mick had some... Um, uh, Mitch had some news on the sponsors, I think. So we'll wait. We'll have to wait and right. see what Mitch says. I'll keep an eye on Mitch's... Um, I'll keep an eye on Mitch's Twitter. I think he did have some kind of information on that but we didn't get through it he must night. he must be he, he must be out in the middle east looking building shirts together or designing shirts or something in a in somewhere or other yeah it must be doing must be doing something like that but um yeah will will we'll be interesting uh somebody asking why have aston villa football club got a rivalry uh with newcastle um they haven't really i think it just comes down to the fact that when newcastle were relegated um, at a game at Aston Villa, they had a lot of banners celebrating the fact that Newcastle United were relegated. And yeah. um, that is the reason that there's a little bit of, um, you know, a, a little bit of antagonising. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit edgy, isn't it, between uh, between, the, between the few. Uh, John says, if you're on a bit of a downer and you're a Toon fan, just think about where our club is now compared to 12 months ago and where it's going. The future's bright. Uh, Tom says, uh, Mick, how many players do you think will be leaving Newcastle in the summer? Keith Patterson, last night, mm. uh, on his list, came up with 16. 16 to leave? <laughs> Crazy. I think, I, think, I think I said last week, uh, of the 25, I put 12 absolute stayers. And then I think I put six questions and what does that leave that leaves seven seven yeah. ab absolute got to goers got to goers um but the question marks a lot of it to me and my my uh my list steve is about a lot of it's down to goalkeepers i mean you know debravka is debravka definitely staying so if debravka stays and you're signing henderson if henderson signs then what happens to gillespie what happens to darlow what happens to you know ex to 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 Woodman? You know we're we're top we're top heavy of goalkeepers as much as anything in terms of players. Um, in terms of the big hitters, uh, you know on my list, um, Clark, Fernandez, Richie, uh, Hayden. Uh, I mean there are one or two that you think are absolute certainties. I did I did catch a bit of the lads last night, and I was surprised that at least three of them i didn't i don't think i heard it all word for word um but the john joe shelby was an absolute goner um for certainly for i think for certainly uh ian mears and i think i think steve hasty as well i think they both seemed happy enough that john joe shelby i'd have him somewhere between definitely keeping him or certainly putting a question mark against him i certainly wouldn't rule him out i would i would rather rule out um Almiron, and I didn't. I didn't hear Almiron's name mentioned. I would. I would. I would say he's surplus to requirements. ASM. I still persist. I would keep him. But there are, you know, there are all sorts of. Uh, it's the question mark brigade that I'm. I'm not too sure about. You know, Chris Wood. What would you do with Chris Wood? How many centre forwards do we buy? Because that is the key. Going back to it, without wanting to talk too much about it, if you don't want to talk about too much about it, the one. 
we can talk about transfers until we're blue in the face about uh, Botman. We can talk about this. We can talk about fullbacks. We can talk about uh, t- what's happening with Target, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's about a centre forward, Steve. It's about, and for me, I think two centre forwards. It's about getting somebody to put to put goals in, in in the back of the net because you look at the list; it's frightening. You know, we have done so so well, but we've got twos, fours, fives. I mean, Bruno has ended up third top scorer. He's 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 only been there two minutes. You know. So we've got to get an established centre forward. We've got to get a 20, uh, 20 a season centre forward somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, Tom asks, what would you do with Elliot Anderson next season? Would you keep it at Newcastle alone and back out again? He's had a fantastic season with Joey Barton. And, and that's another example of it. You see, that's another permutation on the centre forward. So if Eddie Howe gambles and says, um, we put him into the squad and see what happens, then does that mean we does that save us um, having to buy one less from the transfer? I don't know. I mean, I've put it. He, he's he's one of my question marks. He's one of my. Well, you're certainly not going to get rid of him, but can you put him into the to, into the into the first team squad? Probably not at this minute in time because you, you, I think in an ideal world you stick Elliot Anderson to a Champions League club. And you put him in for us. You put him in for a a, a, a a championship for a season. Let's just see how he goes. Let's just see how good he is. Let's get him used to football that's of a slightly better style and approach um, than divisions two and three or three and four. Call them what you will these days. Um, I, I, I almost I almost made the mistake there of suggesting a championship club to send him with for a, a day's a, 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 a season on transfer. And you know what I was on loan. And you know I what, know what I was going to say. And I couldn't dare say it. I didn't dare say it. So let's avoid, let's avoid yeah. the black country. Let's avoid the black country and go somewhere else for Elliot Anderson to play a season on loan in the championship. Life goals. Uh, morning, mate. He says, do you think Newcastle would play with a back five or wing backs if they signed Botman and Lodi? Lodi's another one who's um, heavily, heavily linked. And obviously his relationship with uh, Kieran Trippier um, could, could play a part. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but the one thing I would say is that bearing in mind when Eddie Howe arrived and we were sort of permutating that um you know he, he has occasionally played three he he, he has occasionally played a, a flat four i think we can probably take it as read that the majority of the time that we were um at the football club since eddie howe was has been manager it has been about a black it has been a flat four hasn't it you know we've we've played left back we've played right back we've played two center backs it, it's it's been pretty much established and then you think about the, the mantra the mantra that eddie howe has basically repeatedly said for the last three or four weeks, talking about, well, what do we think we'll do in the summer? What do we think we'll do in the summer? He repeatedly says, just keep it steady away. Keep it clear. Keep it simple. Don't do anything daft. Don't, 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 don't make too many changes. So I can't see him. I cannot see him suddenly ripping it up and saying, right, I'm going to play three. I'm going to play wing backs. I'm going to be expansive. I'm going to get a centre forward in. I'm going to do this, that and the other. That is not the nature of the beast. And quite rightly so. Because, going, you know, going back to the to my Bobby Robson stories, um, Steve, he went 11th, he went 11th, he then went 4th, he then went 3rd. It, 
if you remember, we, we fell off a cliff. We fell off a cliff five seasons later, four seasons later. We went to 14th. You know, football is a perilous business. Just when you think you've cracked it, just when you think that you've 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 made it, it'll turn around and give you a kick in the backside, and already a great big kick up in the backside. So Eddie Howe, at this first and first and foremost, he needs to just steady it away. He needs to make sure they do at nothing. At certainly, if very worst, they do eleventh again. Maybe do ninth. Maybe do eighth. Maybe do better than that. But at the minute, what he'll do first and foremost is make sure that we are an established. Very lift at very worst, middle of the road Premier League team. Let's not worry too much about the, the the European business just yet. Yeah. Okay. Great stuff from everybody in the chat. Life goes again. Says um, Stephen Mick. Have we missed a trick with Matt Target? Solid as a rock. Does it mean Jamal Lewis is back up um, uh, to an attacking left wing back? I mean, Matt Target wants to come to Newcastle. It does appear, if the rumours are There's... correct, that his wife's not keen on a move. There is something about that. I've been having this conversation with Ando for the last three months, and I just keep saying there's something, there's something not right. It, 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 whether it's Eddie Howe's body language, whether it's Target's body language, whether it's down to Villa, whether it's down to Newcastle, whether they've got somebody lined up. I, I watched his on the pitch interview, final home game of the season. And he looked, his head looked in bits, Matt Target, because he didn't seem to know whether he thought he was staying, he wanted to stay. And I just thought to myself, when you've done as well as he's done and, and he has been established and he's been, he's been very, very good. And there's no reason for me to, if, if, you, if, you, if you're looking to, to pay money for the sake of paying money, then don't pay money for a left fullback if you've got him. I don't think they've got him. There's something happening with him, Matt Target. I don't know what I, I'm, 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 I'm. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it looks blatantly obvious to me now that he's not going to be staying, and that's a shame because he did very, very well. They'll find somebody else, but but Paul Dummett is isn't isn't the answer. Um, Jamal Lewis as a potential, a potential. You know, if he gets back to the level he was at previously with Norwich and Liverpool wanted him, then maybe, then maybe. But they might have to look elsewhere. But I'm 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 a bit upset about the the, the Matt Target, but because I I thought he did really really well. But it looks to me like there's something something not right. Yeah, Dominic Starr says Howe said a few times the team isn't playing in the style of play that he wants in the long term, but needs to uh, needs to to fight relegation, which he's done. What style mm. of player do you think Howe will want to play next season? He's got to be adaptable, Nick. Mm. I, I think mm. because ultimately. You know, if you play one style of football and one formation and you can't change it, you're going to get caught out. So I think how's a, a he's certainly a, a student of football and he's, yeah. he's, he's honed his craft. Uh, would be naive to think he's going to go down one avenue and stick to it. But also the, the, the other bottom line, Steve, is it's a simple game football. It's a simple game. It really is. It really is. There's no there's no point. You know, beating yourself up or blowing ourselves out the out the out the Premier League window by by saying, "Oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that." You know, it's it's steady away. You know, it's talking. It, it's it's about being good defensively. It's about being decent in midfield where you've got grafters, but you've got players with guile. And then, as I say, first and foremost, it's about scoring goals and it's about a centre forward. Now, if we could get. If we could get a bit of width from ASM, if we could get a bit of width from elsewhere, you know, 
I, I, I don't think Ryan Fraser is the worst idea in the world. I think Ryan Fraser, if you could get him back to the level that he was at against Bournemouth in the Premier League three or four years ago, he's decent. He's decent. You know, if we get a centre, if we can, if we can get um, a, a midfield player to play with Bruno, and as I say, a couple of centre forwards, we're not a million miles away. But it isn't. We we don't have to sit down with, um, you know. Cumber Bennett patch or whatever his name and do the imitation game with all these little equations. It's very simple. It's very, very simple football. And Eddie Howe, as you said there, he's not only a scholar, but he's also steady. He's also steady. He is, he will do it and he'll do it properly. Um, if he can get the right players, all well and good. Otherwise, he'll do what he did last season and then he'll make them very, very difficult not to concede but hopefully get them more goals with it. Yeah. Mick, would you uh, have Joe Linton in your starting lineup next season, says uh, Blue Rhythm Boy? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I'll make the point there. Um, I, I wonder whether you were going to ask me today about who's, who's, your, man, who's your player of the season. We're going to do that because, next week, Mick. All right. OK, well, we'll talk about it next season um, because Joe Linton is obviously flavour of the month on that, but I've got something else to think about that. Um, would I play him? Um, I... I at this minute in time, yes, I would. But if the squad is improved, and I don't think, as I said, I don't think if if we if we find out, what, I'm not sure what he does. I'm really not sure what he does. He works hard, and he's uh, he gives away an awful lot of fouls. He gives away a lot of free kicks. But because he's improved beyond belief, everybody thinks he's a player all of a sudden. He's got to go beyond that now. He's got to go beyond the fact that he works hard and he does the sorts of things that he was never doing with Steve Bruce, i.e. putting it in. Now that he's put it in, now that he's working hard, yes, he's fast. But now we need more than that. He's only got two goals. You know, does he create? Does he do? If we get better as a squad, he has to be better than somebody who tries a bit harder. I would rather have Ryan Fraser as a wider player than, than Joe Linton. Joe Linton as a centre midfield player. He's not a centre midfield player for me. He's clearly not a centre forward either. So I would put, I, I mentioned earlier, I would put a question mark against him. I would keep him. I would keep him because I think he's good in the dressing room. But I would certainly not guarantee at this minute in time that he'd be on the starting uh, 11 uh, for August of the next Premier League season. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. We've got a hell of a summer ahead of us. So next week, Mick yeah. and I will be back to talk about uh, the season gone by. Uh, I'll email you uh, what we're going to talk about, Mick, and uh, we'll, okay. uh, we'll enjoy that. But uh, have a good weekend, and fingers crossed uh, for for your for your two teams to get the results that they need this week, mate. Man Mansfield Town and Nottingham Forest. Uh, Mansfield Town and Nottingham Forest winning at Wembley, and Newcastle United. Eddie Howe, Amanda Staveley, and Meher Gadusi. Turning it round at Newcastle would be a dream weekend end to the season. It would be. It would be, yeah. And don't forget, Friday, 24th of June, tickets are £12. Shearer's Bar. Come and meet Mick. Come and meet Andy Griven. It's going to be a great night. It's our end yeah. of season do. Holly and I will be doing the eating challenge as well, uh, which uh, will be very interesting, to say the least. Holly and I have got to decide what we're going to eat from on tomorrow's show. But please come along. Um, do not miss out on this. It's going to be a cracking event. NUFCMatters.com. Tickets £12. Mick, Blows and Andy Griffin. Have a good week, mate. I'll see you next week. And you, week. pal. See you later. Take care.